witticism. Colloquialism. Segway. You're such an egotist. Yes. By the way, guys, I'm really humble. Well, how do you do? Now when you get for free. Oh, God, it's awful. Bad Philosophy, episode 154, recorded on August 2nd, 2014. Coffee of the breakfast variety. I don't even remember what was on that episode. Uh, <laughs> I remember the title, but I don't so remember this the... Was, this uh, was the description. By the way, I also accidentally discovered where podcasting came from. Episode 6, which yeah. was also tagged with nostalgia. Which I, I hit you with a cattle prod. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Prodcasting. Prodcasting. Yep. <laughs> and you would go... Yep. It was, it was amusing. It was our uh, behind-the-scenes show. Um, before you know it, we'll be doing the blooper show, followed by the old cast member show, followed by... Wait, we're not dead yet. This is episode six. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, the the atemporality of, of bad philosophy is something we should comment on at well, some I, point. I, that's, like. that's kind of the thing I want to I want to talk about. It's not just specifically with bad philosophy, so start the episode so I can say these things, or just okay. cut them in later with your intro. Also, you know, somebody really lamented that we don't say he- hello, every welcome, and one to, like... But we removed that, like, the intro rules. We did, so. we did. Um, so I can't technically... I'll have to come up with some, some other... <laughs> yeah. Well, we can we can add it back in next time an ad rolls around. What's up, Coffee Tacos? <laughs> coffee Tacos. That's going to be the title, regardless. Is that, what did I, I said? I said, is it a... Is, is it, it a, a breakf- taco of the... I said, <laughs> is, it, is it a coffee of the breakfast variety? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I meant taco. <laughs> A taco of the coffee variety. Coffee breakfast. Coffee breakfast, taco yeah. thing. Um, um. Whoa, what What was... Oh, yeah, and we used the website... Um, randomphrase.com? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, that was a part... Oh, no, this was uh, episode 99, Snarktacular, where we just, like... We, that was the one where we just generated phrases and, oh, and, and then talked, talked about, about them. them. Yeah. That was when we were trying to get to 100 really fast. Yeah. <laughs> like, we have nothing. Let's <laughs> just make up random crap that, using we, the internet. We, were, we weren't even that creative. Like, we no. got something else got, to make up we, random crap. We got something us. else to make random crap, yeah. and then we just talked about it. This that is was... so meta. We're getting, we're getting like, nostalgic about our episodes before well, the episode. Well, yeah, I know, that's, okay. that's worthwhile. I mean, this, yeah. you sh- this should be the episode. We don't have to start with anything because we don't have an own intro rule. We don't have an intro rule. We can just start whenever I sit down and we started recording. Exactly. So, um, uh, yeah. Well, you've been listening to Bad Philosophy. You've been listening to Bad Philosophy. Um, I'm your host, Stephen Torrance. And, and I'm not. He is not. <laughs> he is a stripper portal. What? That was one of the phrases. Oh, stripper yeah. portal. Stripper, okay. Stripper portal. Um, burn down companions. That was another one. Yeah, yeah. Illegal wenches. These aren't even that random. I mean, no, I guess they are. Really. Ramps. Although it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to say what is random. Like... Truly random is is not a thing that you can distinguish easily. Uh, There is a formal definition I read in Stephen Wolfram's laboriously large... The last definition I read was a rule... A a random number, in this case, um, was a number where the simplest way to describe it is to write it down. (laughs) Um, Okay. Which is to say that, you know, pi, for example, mm-hmm. the simplest way to write pi is not to write down pi. It's to create the math, to use the mathematical equation for the radius to circumference. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So that's simpler, and it's easier to write a program to create Pi mm -hmm. than it, like the the program that would than to write Pi itself. Um, but Pi is not random. Pi is predictable. But consider any digit in Pi. It's simpler to write. Well, see, that's the thing. It's like the the sequence of digits in Pi is fixed. Is not random. Is fit no. But if I pick three digits of Pi. Or ten no, digits it's, it's of going pi. to be the same every time you do yes. it, but from one digit to the next. It's not predictable it's from not one predictable. digit to the next. But the number itself isn't random. If I know the first 28 digits of pi, and I see that, or let's say I pick a random 28 digits of pi, right. and I pick, I, I know that's what that is, mm -hmm. I can immediately tell you what the next three digits are. Yeah. Because it's not random. Oh, right, yeah. So the, <laughs> then you get, um, so the difference there is like Riemann zeta functions... Um, where you, it really is like, it, depending on on like slight, and that has to do with like chaos and I don't know. It's, the, it's tough to get random. When we're gonna talk about nostalgia? We were. Remember, remember when, when we, we were, were gonna talk about nostalgia? Remember, remember, remember that? When the topic was gonna, gonna be. Yeah. yeah. But um, <laughs> no, I mean, but sort of that. Um, so two apps I've purchased recently, I've downloaded yeah. recently. Time Hop, which you told me to get into like six months ago, yeah, and I didn't. Awesome. Kind of. Um, yeah. I have some critiques of it, but also like Instagram. Which I, I critiqued for years for sort of being instant nostalgia because of like all the like old timey filters and make mm. this photo look like it was taken with a Polaroid. Nostalgia for the present. Yeah. Um, yeah. But now that, don't get me wrong. I, I've posted a fair number of cat photos on Instagram already. And uh, there's a there's an album called Nostalgia for the Future. That's a really, really hmm. good musical album. Uh yeah, it's by a band named. Um, Oh, no, I'm sorry. That was the title of an article I read. Um, yeah. I, the, the, phrase, the phrase came from a band. Huh. But then I also I googled it and found that there was a, a philosophy article called uh, Nostalgia, for the <laughs> Nostalgia for the Future uh, Postmodernism in Philosophy. Hmm. <laughs> that sounds interesting. <laughs> yeah. It was, a, it was an interesting article. And it was sort of, yeah, retrofuturism... Maybe it's the title of a song. Maybe. I don't know. I, I know I've like listened to it. Sure. Well, so so last week. So nostalgia for the present. Instagram mm -hmm. time hop. Last week. Last week we watched Boyhood. Boyhood. Um, I kind of figured it would go this. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I'm not. I'm not surprised it did either. Hey. Considering I came up with the content. Right. Um, yep. But uh, Boyhood, for those of you who are not familiar, um, was Richard Linklater's latest, um, and I would say potentially greatest film to date. <laughs> um, it was. It's certainly unique. There is no other movie like it yep. um, in its construction, which yep. is that every year for twelve years, Link, Richard Linklater met up with a young boy who started at six um, and filmed him in a movie mm. scripted, you know, dialogue-driven film for twelve years, six to eighteen, mm -hmm. um, and it creates a unique, one-of-a-kind experience. Yeah. Um, that that feels to me the more I, I reflect upon it um, like nostalgia the various moments we see in the movie are not necessarily great moments or big moments there's a couple um, yeah. arguably but they're those moments that you reflect back on in your life mm -hmm. you know when you're turning 18 and going off to college and you look back at your kid and at being a kid um, the, the first time your your mom catches you um, coming home late, having yeah. you know drunk a bunch and smoked weed. Yeah, like, those sorts yeah. of which I never had happen. But those sorts of oh, uh, well, I, 
I was so straight edge as a kid. Yeah. I'm still pretty straight edge. Um, the only the only illicit substances I've ever had are uh, nicotine, alcohol, and that one time you convinced me to try salvia, which <laughs> was not a good experience. Oh, but you were laughing the entire time. <laughs> and I had no control over my body. <laughs> Yeah. And I felt like my face was splitting in half down the middle. Yep. And I may have been laughing like a fool the whole time, but it was not an exciting experience after the fact. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So, there. If it makes you feel any better, like, everyone has some variation of that experience <laughs> on Salvia. It's just, yeah. And yet they keep going back to it? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's... Okay. Yeah. Anyways. Yes, I'm sorry, sorry, Mom, I did do an illegal substance once. Although at it the time illegal. it wasn't illegal. It wasn't illegal at the, at time, the time. it was not. Yeah. Um... Um, it is now. All right. So anyway, so, it, so, so boyhood. Yeah, I, I I definitely agree. And like that, it's it doesn't have a plot per se, or it doesn't have a story structure. I should right. say. And, um, and I I said this like right after the film uh-huh. that it it was the first time that oh by the way just just a, as an aside if you're listening to this and not the rule set update up episode that we recorded right beforehand we are recording in a coffee shop yeah um, hence the, clink clink. Yep, hence the music in the background and the occasional things you will hear clinking and clacking and kachunking and grinding and yeah. Because um, we're we're about to begin a my first game, yours as well. Yes, I think I'm um, not play, Well, I'm 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 playing a um, online version right okay. now, a play by post sort of a game uh, of Twilight Imperium, yes. which is like the world's most expensive board game. I, don't, I, don't I wouldn't <laughs> say that. It's it's a very expensive board game. Yeah, um, it is a very intense, long, epic board game. Like epic is the word I think best describes it. It's it is multi layered. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it, what it really feels like is like a combination of three or four board games into a single experience. And they all seem, but the thing is, they all seem to work together well. Yeah. Like, it's not like someone's taped a checkerboard to connect four. <laughs> or chess boxing, which is totally a real thing. Wait, what? Chess boxing. <laughs> you play a round of speed chess for like two minutes, and then you get up and you do a round of boxing against your opponent. Wow. And you sit back down and you play chess again. <laughs> I'm not making it up. Go YouTube it. Chess boxing. Chess boxing. Um, you have to be good at both chess what, and boxing. What I what I originally oh my god that's totally a thing <laughs> on ESPN. Uh huh. Yeah. How it's, weird is too weird? How freaky too freaky? At, at what point does charm call out for ridicule? <laughs> that's chess big, boxing. These are questions that arise when one watches chess boxing. <laughs> I I love that chess boxing exists. <laughs> Makes my world a better place. Unfortunately, what what I first heard when you said that was chest boxing. Where like that's a very different topic. <laughs> you're only allowed to use your chest to <laughs> knock out your opponent. <laughs> so I just imagine. <laughs> The visual imagery I have there. I mean, it's it's a little homoerotic. Two, like, guys just in shorts rubbing their chests against each other. No, no, like, like, uh, like chest bumps, like, are things. That's that's a different way of looking at it. No, that's. that's (laughs) It would be like, you know, their hands are tied behind their backs and And all they run up against each other with their chest. (laughs) See who falls over first. I'm surprised that doesn't also exist. I'm pretty sure it does. Um, it's like when people put on the, the fat the fat suits and have like yeah, those, those the sumo of, thing. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty competitive much. chest bumping. <laughs> competitive chest bumping. Man, remember that yeah. time we invented competitive competitive chest bumping <laughs> back in the day? Back in the day. Uh, so so what's like the acceptable time period for nostalgia? I think I think that so this is an initial 
Maybe this should be when we begin the labyrinth, uh, the linguistic labyrinth. <laughs> let's do it. Let's. I mean, it's not going to get any better if we do it later. Yeah. So let's. We can, you can't say let's because that stands for let be, us. It hasn't begun. I know. Yet, I'm just so. letting you know. Right. We oh can't God. say let us. Okay. You ready? We should explain this again for those who haven't listened to the rules update. Um, the the. Labyrinth of language or linguistic linguistic labyrinth. labyrinth. That's what I came up is a, with. Is a ten minute time period in which we are not allowed to use the uh, first person pronouns. First person singular or plural pronouns. I, we, us, me, none of those. <sighs> those are disallowed. And if we do them, I'm gonna I'm gonna like make the sound. Yeah, are you gonna, we gotta are you both gonna, be listening to them. Yeah. So. Well, you should dub it over on the episode when you record later because we'll definitely miss one. Uh, yeah. But we'll try to we'll try to catch ourselves. We'll try to catch ourselves, then, but. Yeah. Uh, all right, so uh, oh. we're gonna we're gonna go ten minutes here. Should we set a timer? I, I'm watching it. Okay, so. cool. The linguistic labyrinth starts now. So, how long is an acceptable lead time for nostalgia? How long? How long must you go before something is? before one can be nostalgic about something. It seems to have shortened over time. Mm -hmm. Where it was 10 years ago, 50 years ago, is certainly different than where it feels today. Um, Where does it feel today? As little as a a few episodes of Bad Philosophy ago. Or, like, three minutes ago. Like... What's what's the what's the cutoff, right? Is is it five minutes? Is it five weeks? Can you be? It should be. It should be more than a day, <laughs> probably. Well, like take Instagram. You mentioned nostalgia. Damn. No, you can say you, can't you? I can yes. say you. Oh. <laughs> In attempting That's to, one. In attempting to police... <laughs> in attempting to police it, Kevin ended up violating the rule. That's yes. funny. Yes, it is. Uh, <clears throat> this is not as easy as it looks, folks. Nope. Don't try so, this at home. Don't try... Uh, so, you mentioned... Instagram. Yes. The filters of Instagram allow you to create... A nostalgic, an evocation of nostalgia. Hi, Brandon. That be light. I think that might be be light with like short hair. Yeah, I he cut his hair. He cut his hair. He cut his hair. Okay. So yeah, that's, that's probably be light. All right. Um, the linguistic labyrinth might get suspended. Just a minute or two. We'll see. We'll see if we'll he comes see. back. Um, oh, although, damn it. Oh, both did it. Both did it. Both um, did it again, yeah. But back to the other. So, so um, what, is, what is nostalgia for the present? It's different than, or or is Instagram merely referencing a past, a shared past, referencing the aesthetics of aged things? Yes. But in order to create that, that shared past doesn't exist in the same way anymore. Many right. of the people who are using Instagram don't have a shoebox of old photos under a bed. Mm. Um, they might from well, their, their parents. Their parents might. might. Yeah. Uh, Mike. Everyone alive now. Yeah. <laughs> Every, but everyone alive now, in in you know their their twenties, thirties. 
the primary demographics mm-hmm. of Instagram probably lived but is that the primary is, is that like, the primary demographic of Instagram like I feel damn it <laughs> I'm not good at this game oh there you I go. know yeah, yeah. Kevin is not good at this game yeah it's good it's great no this is this is uh, this is interesting um, the so the, the 20s and 30s crowd the 20s and 30s crowd probably has some experience with that if not theirs then probably their parents teens, you think teens are the ones using Instagram not really primarily. no no well yes yes I d- <laughs> positionality <way>. is important <laughs> when talking about Instagram the positionality of you or any other given which is, user which is what constructs the nostalgic factor Which is, is it nostalgia makes... for nostalgia or yeah. is it is it is it nostalgia for what someone else thinks is nostalgia is nostalgia like no- normative right like do, do, mm-hmm. does a does a society collectively create the aesthetics of nostalgia for, for more so now than in the past potentially exhibit, exhibit a midnight in paris like Woody Allen film about, um, I, mm, there, that, yeah. see, see, Woody Woody Allen film where one of the Wilsons, Owen Owen Wilson, is nostalgic about Paris of a certain era, Paris in the twenties. Okay, finds a Paris he never experienced. A Paris he never experienced finds a magical, like staircase steps corner of the city where at midnight. It transports him to 1920s Paris, like a carriage Woody comes Allen by. Woody Allen uses a lot of magic in his later films. It's, Have you noticed it's a that? little bit of magical realism. Like there's yeah. well, his latest one, I feel like has that too, with the the psychic who may or may not be a real psychic. Blue Jasmine. No, newer. It just came out like a week oh, ago. Uh, uh, it's yeah. got it's not got Colin Firth in it. Okay. Um, so Owen Wilson goes back to 1920s uh-huh. Paris, where he meets uh, Ernest Hemingway and Salvador Dali, and you know, just like kind of kicks it with this. With the lost generation. With the lost generation, and ironically, or of course intentionally, mm-hmm. because it's Woody Allen, he meets a woman who is nostalgic for the Paris of the 1890s or the of 1880s, right? Yeah. So, so like yeah. she's she just wants to, and they they collectively mm-hmm. find a place in in the 1920s Paris <laughs> that takes that takes her back to to 19. 19- mm-hmm or to 1890s or 1880s Paris and she in turn is like in heaven this, mm-hmm. to the same extent that Owen Wilson is in heaven yeah, yeah. so it's really about that I I, I there's a good point being made here that I think you're trying to make okay which is that this kind of nostalgia still exists yes it can be seen in things like the the Michael Bay franchises of the past 10 years that is the Transformers, the now Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which he's not directing, but is a producer of, and is putting his stamp all Television's over. Television's obsession with Mad Men. Yes, and um, Empire, and these and these sorts of things. So they, there's definitely that that nostalgia for a time gone by certainly hasn't changed. Mm. I would say, damn it, <laughs> it hasn't changed. Would you declarative sentence? Yes. <laughs> um, this does. This does encourage declarative sentences. It does. It, it yeah. really does. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's also interesting as you try and talk about things <laughs> that this sentence cannot be finished. 
using you sentences to finish the sentences of another person yeah <laughs> creates an interesting collaborative dynamic between the two people on this podcast <laughs> You're welcome. Does that count as an indirect? You don't know what I'm going to say. Pronoun? You don't know yeah. what I'm going to say. You're taking a guess at it. I said that, I'm that, twice there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but does that sentence reference that referential sentence count as? It works within the rules. All right, sure. Yeah. No because pronouns. No prohibited oh, pronouns. It. It's be light. Yeah, no prohibited pronouns are being. Proffered. No, you're good. You're good. good. That's, yeah. I just had to get that out. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. We knew, we saw you come in. We knew yes, you were going to come over. We're, we're pausing. We're in a portion of the episode where we can't use the uh, first person pro- pronouns. So like I, we, us. It's a linguistic exercise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we're pa- we're suspending yeah. that. Yeah. Shall we continue? There are there are three minutes left in the linguistic labyrinth. It three resumes. minutes. Three minutes. It resumes now. So if, if the period if the period of no, like nostalgic reference is continually shifting, which I think that this is something that came up in buzz. Ah, <laughs> which this came up in a previous episode of Bad Philosophy. Yes. About nostalgia. Yes. That it seems to be between twenty and thirty years of Roughly. Like lag time. That is relative to each generation yeah. and flexible. Right. Um, the, the sort of the sort of there's there's still nostalgia for the '60s, which were 50 years ago. Uh, having just watched pirate radio recently, yeah, that's totally true. Um, it, it's that movie is just full of nostalgia. That's the one on a boat. Yeah, it's the movie that uh, in the UK was called. The boat that rocked. Yes, yes. Was retitled Pirate Radio yeah. and given an extremely disingenuous trailer in America. I did, I did. Set the film up for a comp- yeah. <laughs> set the film up in a completely different way than it actually huh. comes out. It's Speaking long. of, have you seen um, this? This is totally Wait, rabbit trail, but within the within okay. the time frame, so I, yeah. so rabbit trails can happen. Yep. <laughs> um, the trailer for. Into the Woods just came out, like, yesterday or today. Mm. Into the Woods is a Sondheim musical. Okay. It's getting made into a multi-million dollar movie um, by Disney, probably. The trailer... This is a musical. It's almost all music. There's very little dialogue. Has no songs in it. No reference to it being a musical. Super disingenuous. Wow. So Now, plenty of people know it's a musical, but there will be those who go in going, this is just a fairy tale movie. And then there's Not. all the music. And there's tons of singing. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um. Oh, Disney. That's weird. So nostalgia. Nostalgia's guess what, flexible. Folks? By the way, guess what? We are out of the linguistic Yay! labyrinth. Yay! Oh, we survived our first one. Um, yeah. Not as terrible as I expected it to be. No, that was um, it was a, it was a good intellectual ecker- exercise. Yeah, exercise. Yeah, exercise. Because like I I was continually <laughs> see I'm, I'm even like is it okay now? It okay? Yes, you can say I. It, it, I can say I. It made me very aware of, of language. Of, yes. Of what I what I do. What in what, kind of an exciting way? Yeah, yeah. So I I look forward to future future treks through the linguistic labyrinth. Yeah, that's a fun rule. Okay. Um, <laughs> So, uh, but I was finding myself 
sort of just like leaving the pronoun off. That That's definitely like, happened, which turned sentences into declaratives. Yeah. Like, so I, I would share an opinion, but I'd state it as fact. Well, or, or I, I would sort of shorthand things like, you know, having recently watched Pirate Radio. Sure, sure. And then, you but know. That, but that, and I think because... It was sort of the I was implicit there, I think that's okay. That's okay? Because, because the rule isn't that we have to talk about things that are not ourselves. Right. The rule is we don't use these pronouns. Yeah. Um, which leads to us talking about things that are not declarative state or not not I statements and things like that, mm -hmm. but still allows wiggle room when we become creative. Yeah, exactly. So I like that. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so getting back to Boyhood and, yes. and Pirate Radio to an extent, but so let's contrast those two because mm -hmm. I, I I think those are very different kinds of nostalgia. Um, Pirate Radio was as if as if like a bunch of writers got together and with a whiteboard and went let's just write down everything that we can possibly re recall that's associated with the, the rock and roll era of the 1960s mm -hmm. and and just like threw it into a hat shuffled it and and they just but they made sure they had to have like one of everything so it's like Go Go Boots check, Jimi Hendrix check, <laughs> The Beatles check, you know the, you know random hippie guy check, weed check, you know all all the stuff, right? And it it sort of it felt like nostalgia for nostalgia's sake. That yeah, that and now then Boyhood, the nostalgia was a byproduct of the subject matter. Yeah. And I think well, that's, I would, I would it say was it's... not the subject matter itself. Mm -hmm. I think the n nostalgia was a side effect of what was happening, which was this this evolutionary evolution of a single human being over mm -hmm. three hours. Like, you yeah. really, it's a it's a portrait of early life, of mm -hmm. boyhood. Of boyhood. Um, so Although I will say, uh, Lorelai Linkletter, I think, should have been featured more prominently because she was great in that movie. Was she? I thought she was really good. I felt the main character was a little bit bland, and, and every time was she was on screen, I thought she was more interesting. She definitely was the the rebellious. Older I mean, I was sister. I wanted to yeah. follow her story. It's like, and then as the story went on, you saw her less and less, and I'm like, but yeah. I want more. Yeah. <laughs> I realize uh, it's not what the movie's about, but the same transition occurs to her as well as the rest of the cast. Yeah. Um, we see her grow up, albeit not as directly in that right. context of that film. Um, but yeah, she is just sort of a peripheral. But she starts off fairly central. Yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, matches the concept of the film. You know, you're usually much closer to your siblings as a child when you have to be around them constantly. Yeah. And that spreads as you go apart. And with any luck, you grow back together later on and, you know, once you're both adults. But yeah. Yeah. Which kind of had, I thought it was good to sort of bring it around that she, um, like, hosts him in yes. Austin. Yes. While she's so there's, there's more of her so. later on. That's very yeah. true. Um. But anyways, so so like contrasting those, and and I mentioned this right after we saw the film. It was the first time that I got nostalgic about the first decade of the 21st century, <laughs> which is literally just the last decade. Yes, it's just the last 10 years. <laughs> yeah, it's like the basically the last yeah. 10 years. Um, I mean, I'm 26, mm -hmm. so that's like the only full decade that I recall. Sure, right? sure. I don't remember 1990 to 2000. Uh -huh. I remember 2000 to 2010. I remember each year distinct things that happened each year in my life, hmm. um, cultural things that were particular to each year, turn the millennium, September 11th, Halo... <laughs> 
kind of. T- Halo was 2001. You've used all three of those in the same sentence, though. So let's uh, let's let's mull on that for a moment. <laughs> um, 2003 was. Uh, Unreal Tournament and and my house like because I don't because was... I I don't have those those year based touchstones like I remember those years uh-huh. number of things that happened in them but there's also this I think I've mentioned this before there's a weird it's a fluke of memory and I know that but everything that happened to me in the nineties mm-hmm. when I remember it happened to me in nineteen ninety five. <laughs> um, which is which is weird. I realize, um, but if I were if I'm ever to guess the year something happened that was like between the time I was three and thirteen, uh-huh. um, which were the years of the '90s, my immediate instinct is to always say 1995. Huh. Um, and it's not because it's the midpoint of the year. That's not or that decade. That's not why. Um, it actually. And it's funny because I have this memory in my head, and this is very much what boyhood is about. Yeah, um, is those sort of snippets of memory that make no sense outside of the context, but are very real in the moment. Yeah. In 1995, I was in third grade. I was eight years old, I think. Because again, I'm, 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 I knew I was in third grade. I don't remember how old I was, which right. is weird. Yeah. Um, and we learned how to write dates down. I don't remember the shorthand, like you know, seven twenty-three ninety-five. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, and it's like we talked about why we write 95. You don't have to write 1995. Oh, so at that point, you started being aware of the dates. The, yeah, I did. Yeah. And because I, it also occurred to me, like, well, hey, what happens when we run out of numbers? Like, are we going to write 100 or what's going to yeah. what's going to happen after 99? It's like, well, we'll probably just write zero zero. Was what my teacher told me at the time. Yeah. And lo and behold, that's what, that's what happened. Doing, yeah. um, Although I, I for the longest time, wrote it out in full. Yeah. And I still like to write it out in full. It's hmm. like 2000, 2001, yeah. 2002. In, uh, in 2010, I wrote it at MMX. Uh-huh. Anytime I had the chance to write a date, I would do it in Roman numerals. Yeah. Because MMX was a cool Roman numeral. I mean, just MM. Like, MM was good, too, but I didn't yeah. write checks when I was 13. We inadvertently yeah. had subsidized time, David Foster Wallace reference. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, the millennium was the year of the M&M. <laughs> in, yeah. in, do you, are you familiar with Infinite Jest? I've read the first 30 pages. It's it's probably like the first thing anybody learns about Infinite Jest, that in this like alt-reality 90s that he creates, uh-huh. or alt-reality post-millennium, the, uh, each year is bid upon by all the corporations in, huh. in the, uh, the uh, um, Organization of North American Nations, or ONON, which is like a kind of a conglomerate of Canada, the United States, and okay. Mexico. Um, corporations bid on the name of the year. And so the first year is the year of the Whopper. And okay. That's <laughs> you have interesting. things like the year of the trial size dove bar, the year of the depend adult undergarment. Um, <laughs> That's interesting and weird. Yeah. So we inadvertently had the year of the M&M. Mm-hmm. We did. Um, so but, so but with, anyways, with the yeah. 95 thing, though, that's I remember that conversation. I remember that day in school. I remember looking at the board and seeing 95 as the last two numbers on the date, which sparked this whole question in my okay. mind. Um, and because I remember that moment so vividly, anything that happened, things in the that 90s. happened around that moment within that decade, more or less, huh. or at least until I was 10, which was 97, um, happened attached to that that date and that year. Yeah. Um, and it's come back to my mind. I've wondered other dates like, oh, that was 93. But it feels like 95 in my mind. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is, which... Boyhood takes that, that impermanence and makes it a permanent. Yeah. Um, because there, there are... They're, they're recorded on screen for those moments of his life. 
Um, in in a fictionalized version, obviously. It's got to be a weird thing for him to go back and watch that oh, movie. Oh, I'm sure. Like, and he'll he'll he probably was able to watch like rough cuts of it. I would expect so. Yeah. Along the way, too. I, I'd be curious whether Linklater like allowed him to watch it. Yeah. Any any of the previous footage? I bet, I bet so. Yeah. But it's it's just interesting to me that that because that's what the the movie didn't evoke nostalgia within me very much the way it did with you I think um, but it, it invoked thoughts about nostalgia and how we remember things um, and you know conversations and you know one of the first scenes of the movie or one of the early scenes of the movie is is Mason as a young boy peeking through the window seeing his mother and her boyfriend argue yeah which imprinted on him that was one of probably 30 times that happened in his life but we see one moment of it and and that's the one moment he remembers, but it stands in for all these others. Yeah. The same way towards the end, the conversation in the dark room. You know, he probably had plenty of teachers telling him things, get off his ass, apply yourself, whatever. Yeah. But what that's one be? that but that's yeah. one that codified and that he would he referred back to, I suspect, mm-hmm. as he did more in, in uh, as he increased his photography and time went on and which we saw some of in the film. Yeah. Um so it's those those are the moments that I felt in the structure of the movie, which was entirely accidental because I couldn't have planned this yeah. when he started. But those are the moments that he remembered, which further shaped his life as he continued on. I, I feel it was that it was a it was a montage of of hallmark moments. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't know if hallmark moments is the right thing. Well, like legit hallmark moments that no, um, or. Defining moments or yeah. like signifying moments. That's that's. I think signifying, signifying. gets at it. Like you could you could like you said that was probably the best example. That was probably the archetypical mm-hmm. example of each of those moments in his life. Like the graffiti thing. He was like under there. Yeah. And like yeah. did the first the like he was. A, I'm glad that they like brought that back around. That he he did like graffiti art when he was really young, uh-huh. and then like kept that going later on. And, um, that was like behind his bed. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it it was it was a way of of just like making those those callbacks. But like the movie was a sequence of those those defining those signifying moments, um, whether he liked it or not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> or or just moments. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's not like th- there were some things in there that were kind of mundane. You know, just. Yeah. Eating, um, you know, <laughs> random conversations about this. Or that. I mean, there was nothing like truly mundane. Like, so we're we're gonna get we're gonna do laundry today. Well, like, so the thing is, it, and this is, it's funny because <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't. A lot of it could be called mundane in a lot of other respects. Right. But the act of putting it on screen and putting it in that sequence reduces the mundanity of it. Yeah. It makes that moment important, which one could say is the importance of those moments is that they're not important until we remember them until you re- yeah you and then they become and go, more important oh yeah that was important yeah so maybe that that was maybe that's how the film I, again I'm not sure about this but maybe that's how they built the film is each time Linkletter asked him like remember the last year what are sort of the things that pop out to sure, you and sure. he was like doing this this time this thing you mm-hmm. know um, and sort of he took inspiration from those to integrate it with the character. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Um, well, a, a super simple example of that, you know, he got his ears pierced. Yeah. 
you know, that was that was probably a decision that was not made by Richard Linkletter to say, hey, pierce your ear and then put a gauge in it later on and then we're going to do that. Yeah. That's probably something that he chose to do Yeah. and that got integrated into the film. Yeah. In, a, in a not like in a ham-fisted or, you know, sort of a way, but in a way that was reflective of life. Yeah. And then he had that, you know, big gauge in it by the end of the year. Not big, you know, quarter inch or whatever. But yeah. I've seen bigger gauges. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. But I work at the Apple store. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, I feel like we're, we're kind of losing steam here. I, That's I'm, okay. I'm not sure. So, yeah, Boyhood was evoked somewhat. So, I, I've... Broadening it out a bit, I mean, my, my encounters with nostalgia recently have been around, like, my mom and sister, we've been going through our storage unit, uh-huh. which includes a lot of, like, early childhood stuff. Sure, and sure. it has surprised me what I, what I did keep for... Without really without thought, just yeah. sort of sort of things uh, about which I've deferred decisions uh-huh. like about how I feel about them, and so it, it, I realized it was a lot of work to go through like items that could have potential that like my past self didn't throw away. Uh-huh. Trying to remember why. <laughs> why didn't I throw this away? And, and, it, and it was interesting how simply the keeping around of something imbued mm-hmm. it imbued it with significance. Yeah. Um, regardless of what it was, mm-hmm. like I and I found a lot of things in there that I could not even remember what what they were, sure. and they were just sort of mixed in with everything. So I was I was a, it was a lot of uh, questioning of like. What? Why? Why did I? Why did I keep this? Yeah. Am I? Am I not remembering? Was it significant? Why? You know, am I? And and should I keep it? And maybe I'll remember someday. But but uh, and then other things were just like instantly. Oh yeah, like I remember drawing this thing. I remember putting this book together. I mm-hmm. remember doing X, Y, and Z. And those were. It was a little bit easier to make decisions about those. Some things were definitely significant, like um, my Taekwondo uniforms. Mm-hmm. Um, would, there were a couple of those, one of which had like the black linings, you know, after I got black belt. Yeah. I I was sort of like, so yeah, this is a really, this was a very important thing. Uh-huh. I sort of remember the time periods it, during which this was important, like late 90s. Sure. But I was like, I, I don't really need to keep this. Like someone might, you know, some kid might want to use this as a costume. Mm-hmm. You know, this is kind of dead weight. You know, I'm never gonna display this in my house somewhere. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm not gonna like give this to my kids or something. Like that's kind of strange. It's, yeah. And and the memories that it brought up could be evoked by just a photo of it as well. So for for any of those things, I, I like T-shirts and such. I would take a photo of it. Be like, okay, I had this once, and then just give it away. Yeah. And it's going to end up, I know because I've listened to Planet Money, it's probably going to end up in Africa <laughs> being, <laughs> being worn by someone who doesn't know the provenance at all. And that's perfectly okay yeah. because they'll create like a new significance for it. It'll be like that cool t-shirt that they actually wear rather than being dead weight that's sitting in a storage facility. Yeah. Um, and, and I sort of wonder... You know, what is what is the place of nostalgia? Is it to remind us who we are? Is it to is it to allow us to con- to recreate who we want to be? I, I think in a, in a lot of ways, and, and Boyhood might do this in particular for for this character. It's like it, it it really is a portrait of him, but maybe not of him. It's a portrait of a character. Mm-hmm. So I wonder the extent to which it is it is him, and to which his 
life is actually mixed up in what the film portrays of him yeah. and whether that in any way anchored him or held him back or you know what, what to what extent do we need to forget things mm-hmm. uh, in order to move on to what extent do we need to you know be able to put stuff in a box and ship it off to, yeah. to goodwill and you know that, that kind of thing um, know that it was there but maybe some things aren't worth remembering right <laughs> like um, <clears throat> Because we, we certainly can forget very easily. Uh-huh. Um, and I think the nostalgia is a, is a com. It, it is, right, the word is like an aching for um, the past. Yeah. Right? But like you said, like what usually what we ache for never existed anyway. Yeah. So like, you know, the childhood that I recall, I'm sort of forgetting mm-hmm. all the stuff for which there isn't a, a physical signifier that I yeah. kept around. Yeah, it's gone. Um, which is one thing that's interesting to me, and this is something that this it's kind of nostalgia for the future. Yeah. Um, in kind of a weird <laughs> way, um, to to bring that back up. But you know, I, I think about, you know, when I have kids someday, you know, what am how am I gonna raise them? What's that gonna be like? And one of the things that I've always had in mind has been that's that's kind of been I would say rooted in nostalgia mm-hmm. is the the books I planned on sharing with my children oh yeah um, and and I, I say that because that was a big part of my childhood was reading reading mm-hmm. was a huge part of my childhood growing up everyone in my family read either you know on our own or two together and we'd share things we still do my, my dad and I still share you know hey what you been reading lately what you got you know oh, I don't yeah. do this one that one's nice um and there are books that are very impactful to me that, like, I want to give to a child someday and say, hey, this is something that meant a lot to me. I think it might be worthwhile to you. Now, I also have no idea what my children will ever be like, so right. it could be and entirely not, you know, they could grow up and not like comic books, which would be a weird thing. Yeah. Now, I also suspect that they may like comic books because their dad likes comic books, um, which is why I like comic books, is because yeah. my dad likes comic books. Yeah. Um, and I, I grew up with a, literally a closet full of comic books that he had collected as a teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, and that got me into reading them. I'm still reading them. Um, so there would be a mix of both. Yeah. <laughs> I, and, and, I mean, I certainly found books of, yeah. of my own that were like, you know, early reading mm-hmm. books. Oh, and sure, just like, sure. Um, talking about the first person on the moon and yeah. things. and like, it, But it, it, what... what what was significant about those was merely that they had been there. There, mm-hmm. there wasn't anything... Like, when I sort of came back to them and looked at them now, it's like, I, I was able to, to experience them with, with two minds, right? I, I could experience them with the mind that, that was the kid, you know, that was yeah. recognizing it, but also as, you know, sort of looking at them with with my current self and going, eh, this is, you know, kind of sexist and outdated <laughs> oh, sure. and, sure. like, all these other the things. The last time like- I watched uh, <laughs> uh, one of my favorite movies from, I'll say teenagerhood, not childhood, because I shouldn't have watched this movie as a child, even if I did, mm-hmm. uh, Revenge of the Nerds, <laughs> um, which I, I self-identified as a nerd from very early on. Big mm-hmm. surprise there. And so Revenge of the Nerds is a very... Uh, influential movie in my yeah. early years of sort of you know this sort of nerd pride sort of stuff and I rewatched it again in grad school and I could not finish the movie um, because like I mean there's some there's some rough stuff in it in terms of like sexual sexual you know deviance not deviance but uh, abuse yeah that's the better word. yeah and then there's a straight up rape scene in it oh. um, which which is not portrayed as such but like I watch it now and I go 
she is having sex with him because she thinks he is somebody else. Yeah. That's rape. Yeah. I cannot finish watching this movie. I turned it off and I've never gone back. That was um, that was another thing that was really awkward about um about pirate radio as a matter of yeah. fact. Like it was just it was just sort of like awkwardly sexist. Yeah. And like and really I'm so, like, yeah, it's okay because it's the sixties and not true. <laughs> yeah, no, I was like it, but it wasn't doing it in like the mature way that Mad Men does, where it's yeah. just like it's showing well, you that this stuff is happening. And, and there's, there's <laughs> and there's it's clearly like, you know Mad Men knows exactly what okay. it's doing when it shows you these things. Right. Like pirate <laughs> radio was just like yeah sexism you know and it was it was very it was very british but it was like not mature huh, it was really just like sloppy humor and like I, I don't know who they were trying to appeal to but um yeah like magic school bus for me was uh, that like going back and i mean i do have fond memories of magic school bus but then like i watch it again the tv shows like, on netflix i still this watch is it. kind of bad i've been and doing that with um power rangers recently because yeah. the entirety of power rangers is on netflix from mighty morphin episode oh one god. to whatever the latest stuff is because it's still running oh my god um and so i've been going through and sampling some episodes uh-huh. um with a very different perspective on them um because eight-year-old me loved the power rangers yeah um Completely, like I was, I was on board. I was the Blue Ranger, just like I was Donatello before that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's weird the, the Ninja Turtles and, and I'm re-experiencing Power Rangers at the same time, like in my <laughs> life. That that's all happening. Yeah. Um, Which, by the way, I never experienced myself. Like, really? parents wouldn't let me watch Power Rangers or or Ninja Turtles or Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. I, I'm, you know, I mean, they're they're not good. Well, I, Ninja Turtles is still pretty good. Um, also, couldn't read Harry Potter. That was that was. Have not you gone back and read Harry Potter ever? Not yet. It's, you should. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I actually I had a, a dream about Harry Potter last <laughs> night. It was really weird. That is weird. Yeah. Um, it's very, like it, well, it was sort of like magic was in the world, and there was there was sort of like a, I don't know. I, I just remember a moment where there. <laughs> There was just like a huge gust, and everyone just sort of got a headache. And yeah. someone explained like, like, no, that's what happens when they when they uh, summon like when a they... particularly powerful creature from somewhere. Huh. Like it was just sort of a thing that like, yeah, oh, just somewhere, just somewhere, some <laughs> wizard is bringing something in from that's like funny. a really alternate um, dimension, and it like, it, it was almost like a uh, a jet passing by overhead. Mm-hmm. You know, it was that that kind of a like we just sort of accept these things. Yeah. And so yeah. someone was explaining, that's oh yeah, that was just like a really powerful summon that just happened. Yeah. And <laughs> well, that's, that's interesting because with um, with the Power Rangers thing that was that I've been going through, I've really had two different perspectives going on simultaneously, which is kind of like you're going through the old stuff. Like yeah, I remember watching yeah. it as a kid, and like every time the Megazord comes out, it's the same footage. It's the exact same footage every time, <laughs> which I knew as a kid because but I was they got okay from with. a Japanese show, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, and they still do. They the new episodes still use footage from the Japanese version that is still running. Uh, Super Sentai. Oh my, which God. is still running. So it's and and that's why they've changed it more often. But that's the only thing. But, and so, like, there's the same footage every single time for, like, let's get the Megazord, and it all happens. But what's even more interesting to me watching it now is watching how they t- they clearly started with the footage from the Japanese show and then built the episodes around it. Yeah. It's like, okay, we've got this footage of, you know, the Blue Ranger fighting this guy. How do we make a story around that that matches? Because <laughs> um, it's just the action scenes. Everything else was, you know, U.S. actors. Yeah. Um, which is just super interesting to kind of sit it on those two different levels now. Um, using the the eight year old me and the you know twenty seven year old me having two different worldview perspectives, particularly about media, having right. studied it so much, um, it was just it's it's fun to watch on both levels, and I can enjoy it on both levels. Um, and I think that's when nostalgia is really successful. It's not that aching, but it's that reminiscing and it's that enjoyment of the past while still understanding that it's different now. Yeah, yeah. I I was. Uh, <sighs> 
I'm tempted to to recall like the episode where we talked about humor and mm-hmm. like, referential versus the status um, shift versus status shift humor. Yeah, um, that referential humor is kind of easy to go to mm-hmm. and, and it, not very good. <laughs> and not very. But and like nostalgia for me really feels like one of those. It's like cheating to use nostalgia, huh. right? Like like pirate radio, the whole movie felt like cheating like they really they just they, they just they felt like they could just bring up all these references and it would be a good and movie. that's enough of a and movie. then they didn't have to write a good story to go along with that as well um <laughs> it's, like, oh, it's okay we'll just mention the beatles again yeah just like yeah we'll just we'll just have a bunch of pull shots you know so uh-huh. everything looks like hard day's night and i'm like there you go no that's not enough <laughs> like you can't uh, um but I sort of I, I think a lot of people like I I mean not to say that it happened with pirate radio but like I know comedians who are just like all about referential they humor are, and like there are definitely some. stand-up people will just be like you know remember the magic school bus which like, which I think and everyone's like oh yeah and like you know, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna push some buttons here <laughs> Patton Oswald falls into that sometimes really um, in a way that like he he's got some good comedy bits as well mm-hmm. but he he was one of the first like nerds nerds of comics. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it's just like, hey, Transformers! Yeah. <laughs> or that's what it feels like to me. Um, so we, I guess we've drifted a bit from the from the philosophy of, like, that, you know, what is nostalgia? Sure. Type of, type that's of a okay. question. We've talked about that before, I'm sure. So I, I feel like we can probably wrap it up at this yeah. point. Um, Sounds good. We, we broke the rule about guests again. B-Light was nearby. B-Light, yeah. Yeah, we, had, we totally had a... We'll just include, like, a short clip of him coming in. Yeah. And, and then uh, we'll totally have had a guest on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Accidentally, cool. But it still counts. <laughs> um, any any announcements? Anything coming up in uh, your neck of the woods? Uh, I'm gonna play Twilight Imperium this afternoon. So am I. Wow, what a coincidence! <laughs> uh, Should we record the the entire playthrough of Twilight Imperium? Not. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you have that much storage on your computer. <laughs> I could do like a stop motion thing on my phone. Maybe, maybe. that could be yeah. cool. I mean, I I want to document it because I think it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe like every at the end of every round, we'll take a photo of the board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> I do have an announcement. I'm I'm back on uh, the the sign language stuff that I teased oh, yeah. has yeah. totally been happening. Um, I'm actually up to hundred ninety three dollars a month. Woo! Um, contributions on Patreon, Woo! which I'm so excited about. I have like 25, 26 people cool. giving me money to make sign language videos. That's, that's, that's pretty cool. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. It's also a lot of work, and I'm stressed all the time. <laughs> Help me. Um, but it's good. I'm only doing two videos a month. Um, I could definitely not do more with a full-time job and everything else that I'm doing, but uh, yeah. yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, so if you do feel like supporting me somewhere, um, patreon.com slash Captain Valor. And we may eventually make one for Bad Philosophy. Like we may eventually make for months. If you do feel like contributing to us, though, um, I'll put a PayPal button. We do have, we have, a, PayPal we have a PayPal button on the website. But... So you can totally donate to Bad Philosophy. If you want to give us money at any time, you don't. That's okay. We, you, yeah, <laughs> you, you don't, don't have to wait for the Patreon page. You don't. You can just give I us mean, money. Our operating costs are pretty low, but you know you can pay for us to you know have a cup of coffee while we record an episode. And a, <laughs> yes, a, a coffee of the breakfast variety. Yes, <laughs> a breakfast coffee, if you will. <laughs> All right. Well, we thank you for joining us. I'm Stephen Torrens. You can find me online at Captain Valor pretty much anywhere. Um, Twitter.com/slash/s_torrents. Kevin. Uh, I'm still at twitter.com slash kevsond. I've recently got on uh, Instagram, but I have no idea how you can find me there. You can search kevsond on Instagram. I don't know if that's my username on Instagram. 
It might be. Yeah, it probably is. I think it, yeah. Or if you just search Kevin Saunders you can, on Instagram. You, good luck. It's mostly yeah. pictures of my cat. <laughs> Which is just it's acceptable. That's it. Yeah. All right. Um, well, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on Bad Philosophy. And we can whisper things, secrets from our American dreams. Baby needs some protection, but I'm a kid like everyone else. Do you, before we go in, do you know the official name of the, the the generic name of the black stick brand device? Yes, it is a nylon probe. Nope. Nope. Spudger. Spudger. No. Yeah, that's a spudger. Yes, it is. I know it is because it's one of my favorite that's words. That's what I fix it. It's one of my end. favorite words. Spudger. Spudger. <laughs> um, it's a. It's a. A, a spudger is a plastic wedge-shaped device used to pry apart electronic pieces. <laughs> it has a name! Spudger! Spudger! Five is, com- is, I think, I think coming five out. Five is out. No, four is out. Four is out? Yeah. Because oh. it was Transformers, Why Revenge do of the still Fallen. Why keep watching them? Like, it's I don't clear know. that they're terrible. So you know Red Letter Media, the YouTube guys yeah. whose reviews I don't watch anymore because misogyny? Oh. Um, like, they're good reviews, of, but they're also like, I can't watch it. Anyway, independent of that, um, three of the guys from Red Letter Media sat down and watched all three Transformers movies simultaneously. And recorded themselves doing it, <laughs> and so there's there's a 15 minute video of the highlights of them watching all three three Transformers movies at the same time. Oh God, um, which is interesting. Okay, we'll yeah. put it in the push notes. Bad Philosophy.com. Soy muy delicioso.